Cognitive Rampage Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Lowry. My guest today on the podcast is Adam Gates. He is the author of the series, Put This in Your Mouth, Love, Sex, and Plants, is his first book, and his second book is Put This in Your Mouth, Juice, where he did a juicing experiment on himself. Those are coming out soon. We talk at length. He's not only an author, he's also the founder of uh, of Naked and Healthy. You can find that on Facebook. It's a blog he's been running for about two years. And Adam has gone through some transformations in his life. Um, you'll come to find out his parents were big influences uh, in getting to him to where he is now. But he did a lot of the work on his own. He sought out competence and change. He uh, had a bout with addiction, which he won all the way from alcohol to cigarettes. Uh, he Changed all of that in his life, you know, and ended up writing two books about it. We talk a lot about health and life and pushing forward to your dreams. He was also a male model for about 10 years. And <clears throat> now finally, the female viewership will probably increase now. So thank you, Adam Gates, for that. But uh, we actually talk about what it's like being a male model. You know, we hear a lot about the implications of... Uh, body dysmorphic disorder, etc., on female models, but he experienced some of that. So we talk about his trials uh, of going through uh, some not quite body dysmorphic disorder, but stretching and uh, stretching to the limits of what you do to your body to look a certain way. And uh, he goes as far as recommending certain breads, diets, ways to do it. He gives me some great tips uh, on what to do before I take my green shake in the morning. He's full of great ideas. Uh, I, I love the guy. This is the first time we ever spoke. Uh, I watched him on Facebook for a little while. Um, I got into his post and his blog. He seems very enthusiastic and behind what he was doing. Like he was just really living a cognitive rampage. And so I reached out to him and he obliged. And we talked for about an hour and change. But I really enjoyed talking to um, my new friend, Adam Gates. Hello. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good morning, afternoon, e whatever it is, man. Good to see you, my friend. Good to see you. How are you, man? I am wonderful. So, Where do you want to start, man? I started opening by talking about just kind of how I came across you. Um, I've been following you for a couple months on Facebook. And... You know, watching your posts, what you do, um, and I was just like, I love this dude. I'm, I don't know why, but this dude's fucking cool. I'm like, he's he, he he seems to be living what I call, you know, the cognitive rampage. You know, that definition of chasing competence with enthusiasm by questioning self and others in the world humbly every day and chasing new experiences to build those passions. And that's what you seem to be doing, man. And I got that just from your fucking Facebook, man. I, I appreciate it. You know, I, that's that's something I really try to get across because, um, you know, I, I we'll, we'll get to this. I've lived a lot of different lives, and um, you know, chasing. Uh, it's really about chasing happiness. That's really what it is about chasing true happiness that doesn't require a substance to to get you there. Basically, is is what I'm trying to do, and I feel like I found that, and I'm trying to share that with as many people as I can. So where did it all start, Adam? Take me back, man. Tell us the well, whole story, uh, brother. Let's see. Well, Naked Healthy, my kind of reemergence started about five years ago. Um, 
I've been modeling since I was 19. I had body image issues in high school. I was 115 pounds out of high school. So I, I started really, really, really skinny, like super skinny. I ran, yeah. uh, ran track in Colorado and the whole thing. So, um, at about 19, I started modeling, which got me involved in the health and fitness industry because you want to look in shape and you want to have your abs looking good and all that stuff. So, um, I started working out and, uh, basically I had a really hard time gaining weight. I did steroids when I was 19. I got a fake batch, um, did the whole meal in the leg thing, meal in the butt thing. And I'm like, uh, this is a lesson. I'm, I'm never going to do this again. So, um, fast forward that till about five years ago, you know, working out, modeling, doing the whole thing. Um, I got really, really sick with black mold, uh, living in Atlanta, really mm. sick. Um, I dropped about 25 pounds in the span of about six months, Man, all a, my family. Wow. A lot of, a lot of people don't, you know, understand the black mold. Now in Florida, we get that a lot. You know, it's wet down here all the time. Most of these houses leak somewhere. I don't care how new they are, you know, but a lot of people <laughs> yeah. don't really understand, man. Black mold will fuck you up, man. Bad, bad, bad. What'd it's, you, uh, what'd you do? Did you work in an area? Did you just breathe? What happened? I lived in it. So I moved into a house. Um, I was there for six months total and, um, it just sort of crept up on me. It's, I started noticing I was blowing my nose more than usual. And, um, I, my diet started, I was healthy moving into that house. And I noticed over time I started eating kind of shittier and shittier and I was craving more pizza and ice cream and sweets and candies and alcohols and all this stuff. And no shit. all this time I'm, um, yeah, and it just over about – what really hit me is I, I went to New York to go visit my family over the holidays, and I came downstairs, and I came around the corner collectively. Everybody in my kitchen was like, holy shit, what's wrong with you? Are you sick? What's what's?" And I was offended because I've been working out. You know, I thought I was eating well, taking care of myself and, and all this stuff, and I went upstairs, and I got on the scale, and come to find out I lost about 20 pounds. Oh, my God. How What was the spread? Six months? Uh, about six months. Wow, man. And within that six months – um, when I went and actually got tested at the doctors, I was in like the 80th percentile. Like they tested my nervous system. They tested like they wanted to know if I was twitching. They wanted to know like I can't believe that more people don't have any idea how badass black mold can just rock your world. I mean it's it's crazy. Dude, what, it's crazy. what kind of testing should people do, bro, if they're thinking that's happening? What would you go to the doctor and test for? What I did is I went to the doctor. Um, she ran blood tests and she did like some cotton swabs and things like that. Um, the first doctor I went to, uh, and this actually is how I got into the whole natural healing thing. The first doctor I went to, she, I asked her what I could do. You know, I said, this is the situation that I'm in. I've been living here for six months. I'm filling up a trash can every day, blowing my nose. Jeez. I said, I'm, I'm sick. I don't feel good. I'm, I'm depressed. I'm, I'm just way off. Her suggestion was to move, which is very obviously. <laughs> Thank you. But I, I need help. Like, fix me. Like, I, what do I do to get better now? Like, I'm already sick. I know I need to move, but I'm not just going to get better because I move. So um, I went to another doctor. They did um, kind of a form of shock therapy on my wrists. They put some, some bands around. And I, I don't know if that's normal. I've not ever had to deal with this before, but it felt wrong. What? So I said, what? What? I'm going what? back to Colorado. It's dry. <laughs> I got to back. Colorado and I'm, I'm going to clear my lungs out. Okay, so hold on. Shock therapy for black mold. They put bands on my wrists and basically sat there. And I've got video. I'll, I can find it and actually get it to you of me like with my hands like curling up like this. And I sat there for about 30 minutes and they were doing like this. It was a light kind of electrode type treatment i don't i don't know i i didn't like it it felt weird to me and so that's why i i uh 
that was kind of the last thing that made me decide that I'm going to get out of Atlanta. I'm going to go to a dry climate. I've lived in Colorado before. I know what the air's like. I know what the people are like. I know it's it's a healthy environment, and that's where I'm going to go. And that's ended up being what I did. Dude, there's been a huge flock to Colorado, man. I'm trying to get the hell out of this I can't prison state. Why. <laughs> I'm trying to get out of this prison state of Florida, brother. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys have a vote coming up, don't you? Uh, who knows, man? I, you know, honestly, I, I do have a little insight on it. I, I can't talk about it. I actually, uh, he got in a little trouble, but they already had things established here, like grow houses, everything, man. Um, but it turns out a lot of them packed it in. Uh, they're only going to give out four licenses. Uh, it's not going to be like it is in Colorado. It's all for profit. And so there will be no dispensaries. There will be no nonprofit, um, no cards. You actually go get your prescription at the doctor and then you fill it this way. So it's all for profit. So they're just <clears throat> the four licenses are given out are two gigantic farms, big sugar, that, big tobacco. Is that exactly similarly to what they were going to do in Ohio? Yep. Same thing. They just found a way. I mean, being a right wing state, brother, the, they found a way to control supply, demand to make even more money off of it and control yeah, it. Exactly. I know. I know, and that's 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 part of the yeah we can get into that, but yeah that's definitely part of the issue with with the whole thing. And the the problem is is that Colorado they've had such a decrease in crime, they had a fifty two percent murder rate drop in crime in one year. I mean, you tell me what other way you could possibly do that with anything? Well, you, you know what? Everybody ten thousand dollars a day, and you wouldn't drop the murder rate fifty two percent in one year. <laughs> You'd probably raise it because people would be jacking people. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's 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 crazy. So. Yeah, it's 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 unfortunate that Big Farm is uh is behind that as much as they are. It's, well, you know, my as soon friend, as they get their medicine rolled out, I'm sure it'll be legalized across the across the board. Well, what these guys were telling me here that we're all set up doing CBD oil and stuff because they passed Charlotte's Web already, but uh, there was no money in it. But uh, what they were telling me is they're thinking by 2017. Now these are multinational corporations. You know what I mean? These are all over the place. And what these guys are telling me is. Uh, they're thinking by 2017, 18 latest that the federal government's going to lift the whole band. And so um, you better get in now to make money if you can. Uh, if you can't get in, get out, because once the Fed lifts it, then it's all state controlled, you know, uh, products. Mom and pops are going to be just steamrolled. <clears throat> yep. I know. That's really unfortunate. There was actually an amazing documentary uh, just the other day called The Marijuana Revolution. It was uh, one of the more recent ones to come out. Um, I think it was on the History Channel. I don't want to misspeak here, but I believe it was on the History Channel. They, it was amazing, but they were talking about just how much money they had made and the, the crops and, and basically exactly that, the big pharma. And, you know, it's uh, it's unfortunate. You yep. know, it's really unfortunate because the big guys are going to move in and just take over everything. You know, like these, these small edible places are going to get bought out and steamrolled. And it's going to be it's already happening all across the country. Well, taking farms. well, you see Monsanto uh, bought what used to be Blackwater, right? No. Yeah, Monsanto now has the largest private army in the world and most highly equipped and highly advanced and larger than most small countries. That's mildly not that surprising due to the bill that they passed. I think it was two or three years ago that put them above Congress. They passed it like on a Christmas Eve at midnight. They snuck it in in a 500-page bill that just... Put them that so that's really not that surprising and the fact that everybody is becoming aware of monsanto at this point um i'm honestly not that surprised yeah it's scary it's scary as shit, shit man why do they need that <laughs> well their their that's front the was 
their front was because of all the farmers that they're destroying in the other countries for protection from guerrilla warfare. That's what they're saying. Don't we have oceans? Yeah, I, yeah. who fucking knows, man? But I'm like, Jesus, dude. It, it's ugly and scary, man. But, um, yeah, we got left down in conspiracy spiral there, man. My bad. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> well, that kind of that, that goes along with the whole health thing because, I mean, it's – you know, I was – when I was going through the mold situation and I decided to move to Colorado, I had a drinking problem. I was smoking cigarettes. I modeled for 15 years, so Adderall and cocaine were occasional uses um, – Occasionally, I'd say a couple times a month. It's not like I was, you know, Scarface or anything, but, you know, yeah, drink yeah. and then it leads to one thing that would leads to another. So um, I was eating healthy. I was living pretty healthy all in all. I was still, you know, drinking was my main thing um, that I had to get rid of. So when I moved to Colorado, that was the first thing that I attacked was, was the alcohol. So that's the um, most dangerous drug, brother. I mean, I treated people for a long, long time, man. And that's it. That's the main bad boy right there. The number one. Because it's everywhere. It's the easiest one to get to. Everybody says marijuana is a gateway drug. It's like marijuana is harder to get than alcohol. Alcohol is in every parent's cabinet in the country. Marijuana, you got to look for it. Like it's 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 a little bit harder to find. So, um, I had a big alcohol issue. I, I was drinking four to six nights a week. It started as social. Um, I didn't drink at all until I was twenty one. At all, at all. So I made up all sort of all my all my late time. Um, but it kind of comes yeah. with the territory, though, right? I mean, it comes with the modeling territory, the late nights, the clubs, the parties, the hanging out. That's that's just the life, man. Exactly it. You know, I had an ugly duckling syndrome. And don't forget, like I mentioned, you know, I was super skinny. I was real awkward in high school. So the fact that I was in that environment, it just I did probably what most people would have done. You know, I just I enjoyed it. So. Um, <clears throat> so you're bar- so black mold almost kills you. You find Basically. your <laughs> yeah. I mean that's dead serious, man. You find your way to Colorado to escape it. You're overcoming alcoholism, dude. I, I love this shit, man. Keep rolling. So um, overcoming alcoholism. I go to four AA meetings in Boulder. My mom was living in Colorado. I meet a homeless guy named Mark. I'm sleeping on my mom's couch in Boulder, Colorado. She opens the door. In walks her with a Christmas tree behind her and a homeless man going, Hey man. Okay. So, cause I was staying with her while I was looking for a place to live in Colorado. Yeah. He was a recovered alcoholic for 22 years, huge pothead, homeless, lived in shelters, lived on the street, lived in a uh, tent in the field, the whole thing. And over the span of me living out there for two years, we became close. Um, I ended up going to, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous because of him. Um, He's like, you know, you just, you got to do what you got to do. And if it's for you, it's for you. And if it's not, you know, you'll know, but you know, give yourself the respect to at least go and see, you know, what it's worth. And, and I didn't want to go. <clears throat> My mom told me I had a drinking issue for a long time, which was making the mold worse. So the drinking issue and then the mold on top of that, it made it really, really bad. So I went to four Alcoholics Anonymous classes, um, meetings and, uh, decided that I wanted to do it on my own. And, um, I stopped going to the meetings and hanging out with my friend, Mark, the hippie, you know, we, we were smoking a lot of pot and, uh, he was talking to me about him overcoming his addiction with alcohol and, you know, how his, a lot of the people, a lot of the, uh, the people out in, you know, the homeless game, whatever you want to call it, the homeless, uh, have drinking issues. Yeah, it's a, a people, it's know, a circuit brother. I mean, um, a lot of the homeless, um, there's a actual, uh, I forget what they call it. I have to look it up, but <clears throat> There's a trail, if you will, that a homeless walk that's seasonal that goes from state to state to state. And so it actually matches with the snowbird flocking. 
So when they go where the money goes, and so when the snowbirds flock down to Naples and south, the winter turns cold up north, they follow and walk the same trail down south. And so they find themselves, this is why you find in very affluent cities during summer and spring, homelessness almost triples, is they all follow and they'll filter down through Gainesville, all down the east coast, tend to Boca and Miami. And I lived in Miami. They are all, yeah, all over the place. Yeah, that I mean, it's a it's a wild life out there, man. Um, I've talked to a few people out there, man. So you connect with this this guy Mark, man, and and link up with him. And you you were drinking's definitely a problem, is what you were saying, I think. Yeah, yeah. I was I was having a big issue with it, and and the interesting part is is that, um, I didn't really realize how much of an issue I had until I tried to stop. That was when it was kind of a slap in the face because you know my mom had had used the the A word, the alcoholic word, more than once. And I thought I was young, you know, I'm 29, I'm 30, I can't be an alcoholic yet. You know, alcoholics are they're they're older, right? Yeah. You know, they're not healthy. I run, you know, I lift weights. I, I can't be an alcoholic. So, um, I tried to stop. Uh, I couldn't stop. That was a big a big thing for me. It was about four or five nights in a row of me beating myself up and actually not drinking, not drinking, not drinking. Because it's it's I relate it to the, the the old dieting adage. As soon as you go on a diet, you want to just start eating shitty food. Like yeah. I can't tell you how many times at a photo shoot, I'm like, all right, I'm not gonna eat this and this today, or you know, for for this week. And then all you want is chips and French fries and chocolate. So, um, what I learned is that alcohol is a controlling substance. That once it is inside your body that it basically has control of you and that when you try to not consume the substance, you just lower and lower and lower the amount that's in your body, which is the withdrawals, which is why people that do methamphetamines or do meth more than heroin, you know, the harder drugs, it's a lot harder to come off of something. So when you're drinking, the come down is a lot longer, you know, it's usually a day or two. So if I was drinking four or five, six days a week and then I try to cut that down to none, I would be good for a day or two, but by day three or day four, I was not a happy camper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, technically, other than benzodiazepines, it's the only drug that you can die detoxing from if you're not careful. Yeah, you can't. You cannot die detoxing from heroin. So a lot of people that detox from heroin, you know, some, you know, Dr. Carl Hart, one of my mentors, he describes it as having a bad flu. I think that's being kind of nice. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen it terribly tear people apart, but. Um, it re- you can't die from it. So benzodiazepines, you can die detoxing from, and alcohol are the only two drugs that you can die from detoxing from. Very interesting. Yeah, I, I didn't have a good time. It was mentally for me, it was it was very trying. Which I don't know if you see all the paintings behind me. That's actually when I started painting. Ah. Um, isn't that wild, Mark, man? Mark. And isn't that nuts, dude? When people are going through, because I was addicted myself. I've been through. That's what I treated. I was a therapist clinically for a long time, and. Oh. I mean, that's what we do. And so when I got out of it, we all get creative. Isn't that wild? Like we all just. You got to fill your time. <laughs> There's so much time I have. I'm like, wow, I spent all of my time getting fucked up. Like from four o'clock in the afternoon on, I was planning how I was going to get wasted. And then you pregame and you do whatever. And it's, you know, and I don't want to make it sound like I was a belligerent drunk, you know, driving down the window, throwing beer cans out. You know, I was a typical social go to a bar pregame with your friends. You do some drinking. And then you wake up with a little hangover, you know, but it was just eight years of it and it mm-hmm. just added up and added up and added up. And I, it just, what I like to tell people too. And, um, they, like I got friends that drink and stuff, you know, I don't, I can't, I'll have, I'll have, you know, a few, 
um, once in a while, but uh, I'm not a big drinker. Um, although if I'm going to get down, I may get down, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's rare, you know, um, exactly ju- how I am. just not a fan. It hurts my stomach too much, but, mm-hmm. um, I tell people, I'm like, look, there's, when you think, when people think they have a hangover, what I tell them is you're really in withdrawal. There, there's no, it's not dehydration. It's nothing else. It's pure withdrawal. That's what a hangover is because you flood your body the night before with the drug. Alcohol leaves your system faster than any other drug on a release. So you pee it all out, right? So when you flood your body with drink after drink all night and then you pee it all out, you sweat some, you wake up the next morning, what happens is, is the drug is gone and your body is fiending for it. And so it wants more. What, what do we all know is the cure for a hangover? Another yeah. fucking beer. So if exactly. you put a beer behind a hangover, it's gone. Well, that's because it's fucking withdraws. Exactly. <laughs> it's not. I, know, people don't, I, I try to explain that to people. It's like you, you're so easy to, to talk about how people have meth addictions. You're like, oh, that, you know, they have a heroin addiction. They have a meth addiction. It's like you have a raging alcohol addiction and you don't even realize it. Like that's the thing. And that's, the, that's, that's what scares me the most is that people realize when they have a, a cocaine problem or they have a heroin problem. A well, lot of people they go, realize when they have a because they go fucking broke. Because <laughs> exactly. they're broke, you know. They're exactly. selling their house and shit. And it's visible. You can see it. I mean, you can tell somebody that has a heroin or a meth, you know, problem versus alcohol. And that's why I talk about out uh, my alcohol addiction on such a regular basis. Because I have people reach out to me on on a weekly basis that are, "How did you give up alcohol? Like, what did you do? I can't. The withdrawals are too bad. The, you know, it, I get asked a lot. So what'd you do? Um, cold turkey. It it was hard. A, a lot of pot. Honestly, yeah, smoked a lot of pot. I'm a um, huge fan, bro. Huge fan, as people know. I am so. I'm sorry. I'm gonna. I was about to go off, dude. It's all you. <laughs> you no, you no, go. no. By all means, no. Like we, we can. No, it's um. Mark told me that it helped him when when he started when he you know quit uh, quit drinking. I saw it as just a, a more natural resolution. And at this point, I was doing the research on. Mold. I was doing research on alcohol. I was smoking a lot of pot in Colorado, so I started doing research on on, uh, on pot. And basically, I, I took everything that was in my life and I put it in front of me, and I wanted to see a breakdown of if I took this out, how did I feel? If I took this out, how did I feel? If I could, I owed it to myself to not drink for at least four or five days, see how I felt, see how productive I could be, see how my body felt. You know, I needed to start the healing process. And so it was the four or five AA meetings. Um, and something in one of the meetings, something clicked with me that I did not want to live my life by having to go to a meeting, you know, on a regular basis, absolute all power to anybody that AA works for. And I'm not trying to knock it for anything. I'm sure it works for, for millions of people, but I uh, wanted about, to have about one to 2%. Really? Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I, look, I don't try to knock AA either, brother. I don't, um, because I'm glad there's something. You know, if there was not yeah. AA, there would be nothing, and yeah. literally nothing. But it, they're, one of their slogans is saving millions every day, and it's very true. But if you look at ever many people are on addiction and then get cured or um, not cured, they wouldn't say that um, uh, recovered or whatnot. It's only about one to two percent, but countrywide that's millions of people right but i mean i was in those clinics brother i um i i saw it not work many many times i saw it fail more than i saw it work but you know I, like i said it, it it helps millions so thank god there's something 
you know, and yeah. there's contradictions in everything from my theory to getting over addiction. What my book is about, uh, it's not my book's not about getting over addiction. It's about changing and optimizing your life, you know, no matter where you're at, what you're doing. But, you know, um, I don't know, man, I, I addiction has a, a lot of different uh, angles, if you will, man. Yeah, it does. And then that ties into the food and where my blog started is because I realized that the food industry <laughs> had basically what happened when I was sick with mold is I craved sugar and I ate a ton of sugar. I ate a ton of carbs. I was eating pizza. Uh, I was craving alcohol. Like I said before, I was craving. Was that in the research? Did you find junk. that in the research? Yeah. No yep. shit. For some reason, mold does something. It, it does. It eats the sugar or something like that that's in your system, which constantly kept me wanting to eat more sugar, which then started a perpetual process of the same as the withdrawals with the alcohol. The, people don't realize like the sugar up and down, up and down, is just withdrawals. You, you you drink soda, you get a sugar high, and then you have the withdrawal, which is the sugar crash. And I I just. I started pulling everything apart. I, I looked at the sugar. I looked at the food. I looked at the dairy industry. I looked at the pot. I looked at the alcohol. I looked at everything. I'm like, if pot's bad, I'm going to quit smoking pot. Alcohol, I know it's, it's ripping my life apart. I need to quit the alcohol. What else is in my life? At this point, I, look, I threw everything up on the whiteboard, and I'm like, all right, let's just rewrite everything because clearly what I'm doing is not working. My car is getting booted. You know, I've lost relationships due to alcohol. Um, I don't feel healthy. I don't look healthy. I'm aging faster than I want to age. Something's going on. And then the mold was kind of like, I felt like it happened to sort of slingshot me into the position that I'm in now. Like something needed to happen because once I started taking a look at the food industry and realizing that all of my friends that were having issues with depression or taking needing to be on all these different things was mostly due to the way that they were eating and the, and the way that we were all living. It just, it was, it kind of blew my mind. It kind of blew my mind. So I've moved from. Well, uh, uh, you, you skipped over something, man. I'm, uh, once you start to get into it, man, I'm going to start writing notes, brother. So you, you just keep going, man. So if I'm looking down, man, I'm just scribbling notes down, dude. Um, okay. The, um, you know, I talk about in my book, throwing away your entire environment. I talk about my rule of two. If any person, place, or thing is too removed from any person, place, or thing you don't need to be around, it goes. And you cut everything and you dump it all because part of that could be cancerous, right? You wouldn't have cancer and go to a doctor and say, hey, leave 0.0% of that cancer in there just in case, right? So you remove it all. I talk about changing your hairstyle, changing your music, changing your clothes, fucking everything to be uncomfortable. I, I did actually change my uh, my music completely changed. No shit. Actually. Yeah, uh, it's funny. Yeah, continue with what you're saying. I, I want to hear the rest of them. Oh no, I'm jumping anytime, bro. And um, what I but other than dumping it all, an attitude shift changes, and I love it, man. Most people that almost get killed by black black mold tend to stay pissed off at that for a while. And real quickly, you dropped a silver lining in it. You were like, you know, I I think I almost died for a good reason. <laughs> I uh, I consider myself a silver linings expert. Um, I. I was raised to be positive, I guess. Um, I was raised in a very, very loving household. Shout out so, mom and dad. Shout out mom and dad. Shout out mom and dad. Um, they divorced when I was nine, but even after the divorce, you know, my, my dad and mom, they, they lived apart, but they both uh, made an, an amazing effort to be wonderful parents. And that's, I, I owe everything um, to them, and I will continue to give them, uh, you know, their, their, their credit due. 
Ooh, um, we get emotional there, man. I dig that. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're really, really good people. Um, we're still really, really close. Um, but anyways, as, as far as being positive goes, um, positivity defeats – not staying positive is a very easy way I found to just be defeated all the time because I used to live in the past and be angry with people that I thought did things to me. You live in a victimhood, and stuff just sort of happens to you as opposed to you kind of having the joystick and controlling your own life. It's just – shit just hits you and you're just like, why is this all happening? Why did, you know, why is my tire flat? Why is this, this, and why is this, this? And you don't really understand that you're manifesting this negativity from the thoughts that you're having. And so when I got sick, it was, uh, basically I got the message. It was like, you need to go to Colorado. You need to get healthy and you're going to do this your own way. And you don't need a hospital and you don't need a doctor and just, you'll be fine. And that was the message that I got. And that's wholeheartedly what I listened to. And I, honestly didn't put a lot of thought into what I did. It was sort of, I jumped to this lily pad, that lily pad was sturdy. Then I jumped to the next lily pad. I got over alcohol. Cool. What's next? Cigarettes done. I can, I got over alcohol. I can definitely put cigarettes. I took, I tried to quit cigarettes for about four or five years. And finally, um, after the alcohol went, I had a self pride that I never experienced that literally was the motivation for everything else I did. Once you have like that first little bit of self pride, just after the first two or three days of not drinking, and then I'm like, well, I've got two or three days under me. I can go to the fourth day. And then you wake up on the fourth day, and you're like, well, I'm not going to fuck this up now because I'm already I'm doing a great job. So, Dude, I, I, I'm jumping in, man, because anytime I can, I try to point out what I wrote in my book where it correlates to people's lives because mm-hmm. all it does is where I'm like, okay, yep, I was right about that. I wrote it down, you know, and so I, I came up with this principle <clears throat> that I call the CCE principle. Which is um, the competence to confidence equals enthusiasm. And what you did by that is you sought out competence and conquering alcohol. So when you sought out competence, competence can come in the form of an experience. Through those experiences and gaining competence, we get confident. So you sought out competence and research and life and health and nutrition and self-competence because self-competence leads to self-confidence. But in all of that competence chasing and self-awareness created so many experiences that led you to be confident that when you looked at a cigarette, you went, fuck that. Yeah, I'm better than that. Yeah. Literally. It was before it – yeah, yeah. It it was – it went from being a crutch – or something that was just – I had an internal timer. I, I don't know if you ever smoked or if you know people that smoke. You don't even smoke when you want a cigarette. It's just a timer goes off in your head, and you're outside, and you're halfway through, and you're like, what, what the fuck am I, I doing? I, I what am I even doing? I don't even mean to – I don't even – I'm not even enjoying this. But you just do it because you have the timer that's inside you. And um, yeah, I'll never forget it. I, 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 looked, I, I opened it up. I had one cigarette left, and I looked at it. And I said, this is going to be my last cigarette I ever have. And I was at work. I was actually landscaping out in Colorado, and uh, – one of the guys I was working with, one of the Hispanic dudes, he's like, you're a liar. And I'm like, I appreciate that. And I lit it. I smoked half of it and just had a principle. I threw it out after half and that was it. And the, the alcohol, being able to give up the alcohol, like I said, that, that self-pride of me actually slaying the monster, so to speak, just it gave me so much confidence to just walk in the dark and not be scared anymore. Well, it sounds like through that little, well, all that competence and all those faucets that you were seeking it in created so many experiences that not only a confidence in self built, but a confidence to do many things. And that leads to the CCE and the E is the enthusiasm. And now it seems like your enthusiasm just kept going like, feed me more competence. Give me everything. It's, it's crazy. And then, yeah, because at this point, my blog hadn't even started. 
So the alcohol went, the cigarettes went, I'm smoking weed and get a load of this. So after I quit cigarettes, I would take a hit of weed, whatever kind. It could be, you know, vaporizer. I, I personally, I like to smoke out of a pipe, but, um, whenever I'd smoke marijuana, I would cough up tar and black mold. I so much to the point to where I had to smoke pot outside because I would, it, it would clear my lungs out. And I've never heard anybody else talk about that. Every single time I would take a hit, tar would come out and mold would come out, and I could see the difference between the two. Not to get gross, but when you quit cigarettes, you cough up some nasty stuff. Yeah. Within like a month, the, the black tar, it was coming out in just disgustingness, and then it just dwindled within a month, and it was about gone. Wow. When you don't smoke for years, and you try to smoke a cigarette, and you go, holy shit. It hurts so bad, and you're like, I can't believe I ever smoked more than a half of one of those. Well, it's crazy because the, the coating that it puts on your tongue is that when you after you quit smoking and you smoke, you taste it on your tongue. When you don't smoke, it puts that coating on your tongue, and you can't taste the smoke, which <laughs> also is the reason why fruit doesn't taste good, can't eat vegetables. It got way easier to be healthy after I quit smoking because it's like, oh, shit, this, I can actually taste a peach. Yeah, you need that rich, salty, sugary shit just to taste anything. Yeah, yeah, but I yeah. think it's like dipping your tongue in wax. I, I, my problem with, and, and for anybody who is trying to quit smoking, my trick, and there were two that I had. Um, one was I bought cigarettes I didn't like. That was like the biggest trick that I learned out of anything. I bought like American Spirit menthols or something just awful. I mean, it was just like I wanted to quit, and I had tried so many different times to go cold turkey, or I'm only going to smoke this half a cigarette, and I'll smoke this half later. Um, so I bought cigarettes I didn't like, and then I brought, I, I typically had a rhythm. Of how many cigarettes I would smoke a day. I knew I would smoke about eight a day. I'd smoke one on the way to work. I'd smoke one at lunch. I'd smoke one here. And um, I started eliminating how many I would bring with me throughout the day. I just had to make a conscious effort. If you just wing it and you're like, well, I won't, I'm just not going to smoke when I feel like I'm not going to smoke. It's not going to work. It's too hard because you're always going to want a cigarette. You know, even after a month after I quit smoking, there's still times it came up and it's like you, you go for it because you've been doing it for so long. So, um, Dude, I, I'm yeah. telling you, I think it's hard. I think people could open up cigarette rehabs and do wonders. Yeah. I'm serious, man. I, I mean, because why not? Because we're willing to treat people for thousands of billions of tax dollars to help them with heroin and these things. I mean, cancer uh, I mean, cancer being caused by cigarettes, all the money on the back end for treatment of those things. I mean, uh, let's just face it. I, why not have cigarette rehabs, man? We, we laugh at it, but we have rehabs for free alcohol. Hell, we need no, we need a I, sugar and carbohydrate rehab facility. I was bro. just gonna say, there's nothing funny to me about cigarette rehab because I mean, addiction is addiction, man. Like people think, you know, if addiction wasn't an issue, we wouldn't have 66 percent of this country overweight. Oh, you know dude, what I mean? Like, man, my buddy Chris Bell just. Sorry, dude. Sorry. That's the only issue with virtual podcasts is we'll both start and then both stop. <laughs> you know, I'll see you start talking. I'll shut up. Yeah, and then, yeah. then we, you know, Chris Bell, my, my friend, just put out that documentary, Prescription Thugs. And it's I like, it dude, you got to download it. It's number one on iTunes. And he got two number one documentaries in the same week because he was also the producer of The Resurrection of Jake the Snake. <clears throat> and uh, Prescription Thugs he just put out, it tells an amazing tale, you know, about pharmacology. And one of the uh -huh. statistics he drops in there is 48% of the, this country takes a pill every morning, 60% takes a pill every night. These aren't supplements. Takes a pill every night. 90% of the supplements consumed in the world are consumed within the United States. Uh, and on top of that, I think this um – 20% of people are taking five pills Jeez. a day. 
and you, you bear in mind that each one of those pills is definitely going to do something to some part of your body. Yeah, I, yeah. I try not I, to take all anything. All you got to do is listen to the commercials. I mean, everybody knows it's an ongoing joke. I don't, I don't even need to go into it. You know, may cause suicidal tendencies. Well, that's suicide, right? Yeah. <laughs> like a tendency. Like I, I might try to kill myself. Okay. Well, that's not as bad as my foot hurting. So, <laughs> Dude, this is such a – I call it a magic pill society, brother. And marketing has done this to us. you know. And, dude, I literally would have clients come in and sit down in front of me when uh, I was in private practice. And they would sit down in front of me and go, well, yeah, I've been drinking for about five or six years. And, well, I, I figured you had a pill for that. And I was like, what? Yeah. I, I, I Can't I just get a prescription and I won't drink anymore? I was like – are you and this wasn't like a once thing like it's easy five six times a week that's surprising and sad isn't it and i would go what are you excuse me it, it, it really is yeah i mean it, it, it's just the way it well if you live in the matrix and i took myself totally out of it like when i moved to boulder i i don't watch news i, I haven't watched the news in four or five years i don't watch television i don't um I even stopped watching sports. I stopped. Um, I, I fell out of a lot of stuff. I started just painting and writing and, and researching. That's basically what I – and I work out. <laughs> Dude, there's – all right. I'm, there is such this common thread, all right, because I'm on a mission this year, and I'm okay. trying to interview guys like you and girls like you or girls like you too. You know what I'm girls saying? Like yeah. yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Are, they're big. Yeah, people like you. And – um, you know, that are living their rampage and, you know, have totally changed their lives from A to B. And I keep finding a very, 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 very common thread um, amongst other things. I mean, tons of them. But one common thread is what you just said is I stop watching TV and I even stop watching sports. Now, brother, I'm an ex-football player. I played for many, many years. I played in college. I played some semi-pro. Uh, I mean, I balled. I shit you not. I watched not one football game this year. When yep. the when the playoffs were over, I was like, "Oh wait, what? Who yeah. was?" And and yeah, I feel bad. Like you see highlights, and you're like, "Oh shit, you're a week nine already? Oh my god!" I'm a diehard Giants fan, bro, and I'm like, I didn't watch a game, and I you start yeah. to feel bad. And look, people listening to this podcast, stop saying "fuck you," Adam. All right, because I know you're I know you're listening to this, and you watch sports, and you and it, you know how we sound right now, Adam and Adam. We sound like we're yeah, two yeah. douchebags going, "Hey, yeah, we read and we read the book, and we sound like the guys that say the book is better than the movie." You know, and and a lot of times that is well, true. This, book, yeah, books are yeah, yeah. I typically do like the movies better than the books. So me too. Sides of those people. So listen, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too. I don't understand how it sounds. I totally understand how it sounds. But it and happens. It just happens. You see this common thread, man. People just – it's weird. It's it, What happened – everything happened to me happened over, over the period of about uh, – the time span of about four years. So after – I dropped the news. After the um, – what was it? The how, how long ago are we talking? Right around when, – when, when was Fukushima? Around t 2011 or 2011? If we only had a device that we could search the entire world of things of when it happened. In, in the future, we'll have that. Um, so, <laughs> sometime, I don't remember what it was, but after, uh, after Japan happened, I was glued to the television. And I realized that for about three days, I mean, glued to the television. And after that, that was it for me. I, I decided I was going to take a break from the news. I didn't want to watch any local news. I didn't want to watch because I was a weather junkie. And so anytime there was a tornado or a hurricane or a storm or anything like that, I would research and I would want to know, you know how much damage was done and how big was the earthquake and how many people got hurt and all this stuff. And then what I did is I, I realized that it was bringing down 
the vibration, my overall vibration of my body. You know, everything emits a frequency, and we're just walking, emitting frequency all day long. You know, so if you're constantly thinking the world's going to shit, ISIS is going to attack me at the grocery store, this person's going to steal my baby, this person's going to steal my car, freaking Black Friday, and all, all this stuff. It's just it fills your head, and I was constantly on the defense and just ready to fight like all the time. And I was a good person. It's not like I was like walking around trying to push people around, but I was on alert. And when I cut the news and I decided I'm just going to cut out television, I realized, well, shit, football is included in that. That was like my main thing. And everybody's like, well, are you going to watch football? And I would start by, you know, I'd go to friends' houses and go to the bar and watch this and that. But then when I stopped drinking, you know, it kind of becomes a hard issue. When you're not watching the news, you're not watching TV, and you're not drinking – um, all of a sudden, you kind of become an outcast to your friends for a little bit. You know, it's all like of, uh, all of which a makes you want to drink, watching the news and watching football uh, exactly. and watching TV. And two, tell me that doesn't put the myth to bed of the pothead, right? Because isn't the pothead supposed to watch TV, be at the bar, and sit on the couch? Thank you very much. Meanwhile, yeah, I'm smoking. I'm smoking weed, hiking mountains, and I'm painting. I've all your, like twenty paintings my first year. All your beautiful artwork behind you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like holy shit. Look at that. oh, that's bad. Look at that top one, man. I like oh, dude. That's I love that top one and the bottom, that black and orange one there. The bottom down to the right. Thank you, man. Oh, that's bad. Can I buy that? These are my babies. I want that. I want that one. <laughs> that's awesome, I man. Shit, but it's crazy because it's like when it came to like the painting and stuff, it was always something that I wanted to do, but I just I didn't have time, and I always I looked, I looked up at people that painted as as like better or something i don't know what it was it was just they had something that i haven't and i want to say like none of this is is talent like i don't think i have any talent i'm just diligent as shit and i don't want to not be able to paint so i sat down and i'm like i'm gonna paint this until it looks okay enough that i will show it to people and then i'm done <laughs> and i start my other painting and it's, it's the same way but um it was something that this came in as soon as the drinking stopped and uh when i met mark is when i really started painting it was like the same week as soon as the alcohol stopped, the painting started like the same week. So, and then with all that free time, you know, no football, no drinking, no partying. This is how I spent my nights. You had and like, I, there's I about 8,000 people in the car just went, fuck you. No drinking, <laughs> no partying, no football. What the fuck hey, are we supposed to do? I, I did say smoking weed. Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, we'll see. Remember, a lot of these heavy drinkers are anti-weed, right? You never really find the drinker smoker guy or girl, right? It's always like, nah, I'm a smoker, not a drinker. Uh, I don't. Yeah, because I never smoked pot unless I was drunk. You know, my friends would smoke pot. I hung out with some stoners, but they, and you know they wouldn't drink too much, and then we would drink, and then I would smoke pot, and which was honestly the reason I didn't like pot that much because it would make me loopy. Fucking hurts, like, you know, man. You're drunk, and then you smoke pot. Not a not a good time. No, you I'm know? usually I was anti-pot because I thought it, it made me sick, and I you know all these other reasons. So. Um, so yeah, so that was when everything, so after the meeting and the alcohol, the cigarettes dropped, um, I kind of looked at my life and, and I was in a state of empowerment. I'm like, what can I possibly do at this point to go up from here? Because I've quit two or three things now that have made me feel incredibly empowered. You know, alcohol was a huge thing. The cigarettes were a huge thing. And then I learned, I taught myself to paint and not the at least the ability to put color on, on canvas, you know? So I started researching food and I started researching basically every single thing I was eating. I researched dairy. I researched meat. I researched fruit juice. I researched, um, everything that I was eating, anything that was going into my mouth, I started researching. And I just, that was when I started my blog because I, 
I went from being I, I want I don't want to use the term depressed, but I was on borderline depressed. Hey, hey, I was just, what's your what's your blog and all, put all that out there, my brother? Okay, um, so on Facebook, uh, Make It Healthy by Adam Gates. Um, and same on Instagram, it's Naked Healthy by Adam Gates. And then um, on Twitter, it's just Adam Gates, at Adam Gates. Um, so when I was, uh, I was living in Boulder uh, on my own out in the foothills. And I was out there for about two years um, and just researched everything. Like I said, yogurt, milk, everything, working out, cardio. Because I, like I said, you know, with the modeling for, for 15 years, I had body image issues. And with all these different photo shoots and, and this and that, um, you don't, I never you really... know, you don't hear about that much, man. Is you know, what do you mostly hear about when you hear about you know body dysmorphic disorder or bulimia, anorexia? What women. do people think? Yeah, you think women models, women, man. What women, women, women. So what? Women, women. So, uh oh, I see more in your eyes, brother. Tell me more about this male, the modeling world, man. Tell me how they get you. Well, yeah, it's well. First off, it's it's competition and it pays well. So you, you want to book as many jobs as you possibly can. And you want to be fit, you know. Obviously, if you're fit, you're going to book work. So, um, don't you dare lose connection. You there, brother? Nope. Hold on a second. I had issues losing weight, and I was sort of up and down and up and down. And um, yeah, I, I did every diet you can possibly think of. I did South Beach diet, Atkins diet, low carb, high carb, fat all fruit, no fruit, no milk. I mean, like everything, everything, everything you can possibly think of. Like I, I tried it and I tried it I, I hard. You know, I did everything right. You know, I did the South beach thing and it just, nothing worked. And I'm like, there has to be some sort of like algorithm that just encompasses all of this because this person has a diet and that person has a diet and this person has a diet. Like we're people like we're, I did a lot of research on social science and social behaviors and this and that. And granted, like there's, you know, 7 billion different people on the planet, we all mildly want the same things. And I would think that if we're going to be designed as a human being, we're all pretty much designed to need the same stuff, right? Like as an organism, like I looked at the body kind of as a robot, like you don't put sand in some cars for oil and then oil in other cars. Like you just, you do the same thing. So I started looking at whole foods and real foods and, um, and basically seeing that the ingredients and the chemicals and everything that, that were just putting people down was the main reason for depression, sickness, tumors, cancer. I, I mean, you name it. Like about 85% of, of most diseases at this point, I can safely say, would, are, are reversible through, through almost through diet alone. Imagine that the natural things put on this planet could actually heal you and take care of you, right? And other than the synthetic bullshit we put together, but man's arrogance can't see past its own fucking brilliance. But I, I would say, man, I, you you ran away from the modeling question. I, I'm I'm really interested, man. You you uh, you know when you say were you full on body dysmorphic disorder or where where were you with that, man? No, I um I was never I was never pleased, and I think there's kind of and I'm still not that. Let's see, how do I answer that question? I always want to be better. I'm always striving to, to be better and, and healthier, but, but now it's a, it's different. It's, it's an all encompassing. I want to be healthy and happy. And from, from the ground up before it was, I was trying to fit a certain type of image that I thought I needed to look like. And if that meant not eating that day and only eating tuna the whole next day, you know, to get the abs that I wanted, then that's what I would do. 
and the food information wasn't out at this point for, to know <laughs> what the hell I was supposed to be doing. I just thought, you know, like the male models, the female models, you want to be skinny, you want to be lean. What do the girls do? They don't eat. Like some of the girls I knew were even, I mean, crazy shit. They'd eat cotton balls. They would, you know, all sorts of stuff to try to stay full. What which, the fuck? Yeah, you eat cotton balls and it just fills your stomach up. I didn't. I never did anything crazy like that. I, I was never gonna put any some some weird shit in my body. I mean, the worst I did was like eat just olives all day or something like that. I dated a, a girl for a long time and um, she would eat like hearts of palm and olives and all this stuff out of a can like all day long. That's what she would eat. And now looking back, I won't eat anything out of a can because the aluminum is in the food. So it's like even all the way back, I was starving myself, not eating anything, just eating canned food, and even that was bad. So. I I think you're seeing more and more of it, too. Um, I think, you know, branched down in the younger generations. You know, um, there's that whole thing with the thigh gap and females. I would love to talk about that specifically. I actually, I met a girl. She's 15 years old. Um, I met her and her mother. Um, I got body painted for an event. There's a Halloween event. The girl was there doing something. And I started talking to the mom, and the mom found out what I did. She's like, "We talked to my daughter. You know, she's 15 and she's modeled, and you can imagine the body image issues I, that she has." And so I talked to her, and she's like, "I want to have a thigh gap, and I want to have this, and I want to have this." I'm like, "You realize that that was just invented, basically, like by the internet as a thing that people should have, right? Like, you're the way that you're built is not the same as a Victoria's Secret is built. You have curvy she doesn't have curvy she's it's just never going to happen you know there was a ted talk where um i believe her name is cameron russell she talked about the, the chance of being a supermodel it's it's not in the cards if you have to try you're going to get picked up to be a supermodel is basically what's going to happen you know it's um but the body image issues are just it's out of control you know you got these girls that are starving themselves and doing all these different you know fat burners and 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 this and that when really if you ate fruits and vegetables they would have the body that they wanted that's it well, it's, you know, it's all in the guys, too, because we we do right. We do hear all about like domestic violence, right? All you hear about is the the male beating up the female domestic violence when truly the reverse sometimes is sometimes research to happen more. I've, I've been in both. Yeah. See, and my me, too. And um, the uh, male models, you don't get talked about, you know, but you have the same influence. You have the same pressures. You go through the same deals, and now what I'm also starting to see is a lot of these young kids, uh, young men, are mm-hmm. filling themselves with supplements and all kinds of additives in their body, and they're 16, 15. That, I really appreciate you bringing that up. Um, that is a huge, huge issue is that these people – and I was guilty of it. You know, I would, I would spend food money on supplements. Because you look in these magazines and you think that all these guys, you see all that, you know, you want muscle. You look at Arnold, you look at Stallone. I wanted muscle when I was a kid, and I still do. Like, Arnold's one of my idols. He always will be just because of the things that he's been able to do and achieve. I don't have his body type. I'm never going to be his size. It's never going to happen. No matter how hard I try, even on steroids, I don't think that it would even be possible for me to ever just achieve the size of him. It's not going to happen. It helps helps he's part Viking. That also definitely helps. (laughs) No shit. He drives a tank for a reason. <laughs> um, supplements are, are exactly supplements. That's what that's what they're for. Your body was designed to ingest fruits, vegetables, fruits, vegetables, enzymes, vitamins, fiber, everything that goes along with a fruit and a vegetable. When you take a supplement, it's a powder that is designed to replicate something that's found in nature. I don't think people understand that. They're like the supplement is a repli- replication of stuff that you that's in food. 
that's basically all it is. Like a, a whey protein shake is to supplement the fact that you're not getting enough protein into your diet. That's and, all. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and I listened to, I have suggested everybody I've listened to this podcast three times of it's another Joe Rogan podcast, but it was Mark Sisson. It just happened. Episode 752. I've listened three times. I've put nine hours of my life into this podcast while I'm working on other stuff. But brother, he changed a lot of what I thought I knew about nutrition and ideas. I mean, it was, it's, it's, well, honestly, it's basic duh. And he put out a book called the primal blueprint and he observed animals and how they eat and how they would eat and compared it to when we discovered agriculture, when we became a sedentary lifestyle, we started having issues with food because we had an abundance of food all the time. We stayed still in this, the meals a day, because we would have to fill our bellies full of food before we went and worked all day on the farm. Then we would come in and stuff your belly again and then pass out. And so we had an abundance of food. And so what he's done is talked about returning to those primal roots, which is no more sitting down to eat. It's grazing really all day. And he goes, you know what? If you want to eat red meat and you think it's good for you, what would you do if you didn't have bows, arrows, and guns? Could you eat red meat? And he's like, could you catch something? What would you do? And I was kind of like, shit. Now, I'm, I'm a red meat guy. I eat all that. But my point is he was just putting to bed a lot of – or new, bringing up new stuff, new changes, stuff that you're talking about. And, you know, those supplements is what people don't get is it's just for that. You supplement what your body is not having. And the whole long reason that my ADHD ass brought that up was he <laughs> was he talking. <laughs> yeah, you noticed, right? No, I, I, I'm the same way, man. <laughs> yeah, is um, he thinks that we've been generally we generally double up our protein more than we actually even need. And protein just turns to fat. And so I know a lot of guys that work out twice a week. And are pounding whey protein shakes, you know what I mean, every day, wondering why they're still like kind of this tubby, thick, you know, 240, you know. And whey is dairy, which creates acidity in your body, which is not good for you anyway. And actually, I'm gonna, there's something that <clears throat> I want to go ahead and explain about fruits and vegetables that can't be touched about with, with supplements. So fruits and vegetables have something in them called biophotons, right? So a photon is a particle of light. Okay, comes from the sun, carries the light, photosynthesis occurs in the plant, in the vegetable, the plant grows, okay? There's biophotons. A biophoton, what that is, is a photon, a particle of light that's inside an or, uh, uh, organic being. So you glow. Your aura, you ever heard of your aura? Yeah, of course, yeah. That's what that is. You what? ever been, seen like metaphysical fairs where they take pictures and you see the auras around people? Yeah. That is actually a biophoton meter. What that does is that is actually reading the emission of photons coming out of your body. What? Okay. Fruit and vegetables are the only place that you get biophotons where you actually can eat them. What? Fruit and vegetables actually contain light because they partake in photosynthesis. That would make sense. So they, they partake in photosynthesis. So get a load of this. You take an apple and put it on the, on the little stand and take a picture with the biophoton meter and it glows. Look at you. Yeah, look at here. Biophotons, uh, the Greek meaning of life, meaning light or photons of light in the ultraviolet and low visible light range, which are produced by biological systems. Look at so you. So we're being bombarded with photons from the sun. A photon is basically just a particle of light because a light can be either a particle or a wave depending right. on you know quantum mechanics, which I'm not going to get into. But um, 
Yeah, we can we can definitely get into that, brother. I have my own theory about all that shit <laughs> and why we want to go faster, why we're trying to go faster and leave the flesh behind for tech. Yeah, we can definitely smoke one and have a long conversation when we're done with this podcast. <laughs> I would love to. Um, but the thing is, is so like you take supplements or you take fruit juice or you take milk or you take any of this stuff and you put it down, you take a picture, it's just a dead silhouette. There's nothing. And so what are you eating all day? You're eating dead food. What? All right, everyone out there, take a picture of all this stuff and post it on my Facebook or send it somewhere or Twitter, Instagram. I got to see all this dead food. This is all, That's awesome, dude. You're going to have a lot of people snapping pictures of food If right anybody's now. at a metaphysical fair, they could do this right now. If anybody could get – because it's they're basically it's called a biophoton meter, but there's another name for the actual camera. And they've been doing these cameras. I was raised metaphysical. That's, that's how I got kind of into the spiritual stuff. It's just my mom was into all this. I was spoon bending at 12. Um, oh, shout, like, shout out first, to moms again, dude. Your shout mom's. Out to mom. Yeah, she, uh, she's a special woman. Meditation, psychic readings, all that stuff. Yeah, so I was, I was raised very metaphysical. Um, so my whole thing with, with, with Naked Healthy, my blog, is I want to try to explain to people why they should eat healthy in a way that makes it fun and makes you want to do it. Like biophotons, does that tell me that doesn't make you want to eat an apple right now? Like it does. I started looking you, in my fridge in my head. I'm like, all right. If you have the this? option to eat literally light and, and oh, get a load of this. And this is actually um so I have a book that I just finished, it's called Put This in Your Mouth. Uh Love Sex and Plants. So I talk about biophotons in the book. They can actually I can take a full body scan of you, and if you have disease that is precancerous forming in your body, I can see it because there's less light. Holy shit. All right, man. All right, y'all on some voodoo shit now, man. But no, it's, on the, it's all physical. Wow. Physical. Wow, man. I got it's, some research to do, Mr. Adam Gates. None of this, nothing that I'm saying right now is, is not anything that's not readable on an actual meter or visible. This isn't like, well, they think that you can see this. This is all stuff. You can Google this right now, and it's all. Oh, no. I'm. Hey, remember, I said I'm on a mission for competence, brother, and you are feeding me today. I got some homework to do this week. <laughs> So, and uh, yeah, your cells regenerate off of, off of what you eat. And every time your DNA expands and contracts, every time it contracts, it emits a little biophoton. So it's actually coming from your DNA. Holy shit, that is far out, man. So fruits, vegetables actually help repair your DNA. But meanwhile, people are running around and they're trying to throw fat burners down. And they're, well, I don't want to eat. And fruit makes you fat and all this stuff. It's like wrong, 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 wrong. Like everything is just backwards. And so that's why I started the blog because once I realized like how completely 100% upside down backwards everything was, I'm like, I, I just couldn't be quiet about it. And that's what it was. Like it, I'm not a writer. I, I never wanted to be a writer. And here I am two years later. I wrote, you know, I just finished my second book. I've been blogging for two years straight. And, um, what's your first, just, what's the first book, man? Um, it's well, uh, put this in your mouth, love, sex and plants. That's the first one. Oh, that's the, the first one. Is, uh, put this in your mouth juice. Oh, I, okay. I did a 30-day juice book, but you saw what I was drinking at the beginning of the, the podcast. I, I juice vegetables now. So um, I, uh, I had never juiced in my life ever. I had done smoothies. I had done meals five times a day, running, eating clean, all that stuff. I did everything. And I knew that if you started juicing and you were obese, I knew what would happen. But I had never seen an athlete start juicing. Hmm. They always do all this stuff with the people who are obese. Well, no shit. If you stop eating McDonald's and you start juicing, you're going to get healthier. We know that. What happened to you? Uh, I'm st I'm hooked for life. 
it, by like day two, I'm like this. I'm I'm so hooked. It's I'm never ever ever gonna stop. I love it. I got it because I was not ingesting enough vegetables. That's it. I wanted more. There's stuff I just. How, when's the last time you ate a turnip green or Swiss chard? Exactly. I hadn't like never had Shit. Swiss chard. Now, exactly. if you just said so, beet or something like that, or even garlic, ginger, something you know, something a little more normal. But damn, yeah, no, not still, that one. But, but too long ago, and, and there's all this produce on the planet, and I, you know, this is how my brain started expanding. It, it went. It was so small. It was from just like you know, you go for a substance, you know from the alcohol and then all the way now I'm like researching what plants and vegetables can I ingest that, that I wasn't getting before. So I think all this time, bro, you could be in some fucking rehab somewhere, man. Exactly. (laughs) You know what I mean? I know. And then I made my own with plants and I still do meat. I don't want to I don't want people to think that I don't eat meat. I do, um, chicken, fish and Turkey. Um, red meat. I've pretty much cut out, um, pork. I don't do, um, but yeah, so um, with the juicing, after about day 14, I realized that my wheat intake dropped by about 30% just naturally. My, wow. The amount of protein that I was needing was lower because of the – basically, you're hungry because you're nutrient deficient. You need nutrients. So as soon as you have nutrients in your body, you're not hungry anymore. That's why you can eat a whole bowl of ice cream and you're like, well, I can eat more ice cream because there were no nutrients in it. But I can drink this juice and I'm full for an hour and a half because so my body's like, yep, got what we need. Thank you. And that's it. I would agree, so, man. I do my uh, I do a green shake every morning. That's how I start my day, man. Is uh, the hemp base uh, hemp uh, based protein from uh, Onnit. Uh, shout out there to Onnit.com. If you would go to AdamLowry.com, click on the Onnit logo, and make a purchase, and you'll be helping out the cognitive rampage. Now back to our show. Yeah, no, I use the Onnit uh, hemp protein uh, powder. I'll throw some kale in there, some beets, some celery, carrots. Um, a couple other things, but that's every morning, man. I start my morning with that shake. It's a kick in the ass and I'm generally won't eat again for another at minimum two hours. That's, that's the best thing you can do. The only, the only thing I would change about that would be to do a lemon water first. Ooh, what, why would I do the lemon water before my green shake? So what lemon water does, lemon is the number one alkalizing, alkalizing food that you can put into your body. I know it seems retroactive because it's so citrusy mm-hmm. or so acidic. Um, but lemon, when it goes into your body, it actually detoxifies your liver. It detoxifies your gut because of the pectin, the type of fiber that's in it. It actually helps uh, protect your prostate, which man, that's, I think the second leading cause of death, second or third, it's way up there, prostate cancer. Um, but what it does is it helps alkaline your body. Cancer grows in acidic environments. Your body becomes acidic through meat, dairy, alcohol, coffee, um, sugar, Junk food, basically. You, That's how well, your body becomes you basically acidic. just named the diet of the American. What are you talking basically, about? Basically, yeah. Dude, run down that list again, man. Hold on. Everyone listening now, let's see if you ate this in one given day. Would you say coffee, dairy, meat? Alcohol. Alcohol. Sugar. Sugar. Flour. Flour. All of those cause cancer, and more than likely, you listen to this podcast, you've been eating that shit for the last fucking 30 years, man. Um, well, what they, they what they do is they raise your body's acidity, and when your body is acidic, then you are primed for cancer, and then cancer can grow in the acidic environment. So it's not – I don't want to say that just drinking milk is going to give you cancer. That's not necessarily what's going to happen. Yeah, none of you um, fuckers get, take – none of you fuckers take my boy out of context here or myself. <laughs> um, you know, remember Dr. S- Dr. Scott Perlman a, uh, was on our podcast too who is – 
uh, just like you and me and GMO cancer-causing motherfucker fighter. He's a badass from Brooklyn who don't give a shit. And he said some serious accusations on the on the podcast. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so don't take my boy out of out of context. We're not talking that drinking coffee will give you cancer or eating meat will give you cancer. We're just saying those no, are can- meat, meat, meat could give you cancer. Okay, Adam's saying the meat will give you cancer. So what we're saying, <laughs> what we're saying is balance this shit out. Not this is these are the cancer causing things. I don't even fuck with dairy. I don't touch dairy at all. No, no dairy. Um, I, I'm not gonna get it. I'm not gonna sit here and and. and and bash dairy and gross people out. And I don't, I don't like to do that and be the sensationalist and explain to you what you're actually drinking when you're drinking milk, because it's not all milk. Um, but yeah, it, it takes about two or three videos of, of, I I didn't want to know, you know, I just, I, I pushed it out of my head and I wanted to keep drinking milk and I wanted to just continue drinking it. And then I did the research and I found out that something like eight, 78% of people are lactose intolerant. Okay. Well, why are 78% of people lactose intolerant? Oh, because we drink breast milk as an infant and then we become adults and we're not supposed to drink breast milk anymore because we're adults. But we do from another animal. It's it's not, it's continuously forced to be pregnant. It's continuously forced to produce milk and it just, it's, it throws your hormones out of whack. You know, there's a reason why, why girls are developing at age 11 and 12 now that, that shouldn't be, you know, nine milk. They're hitting periods at nine brother. I mean, shit, I think I saw a 10 year old with a beard the other day. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. So the, um, you were talking about the acidic environment and the lemon water before the, uh, green shake. So the, so the lemon water, the reason for that, the acidity. So if your body is alkaline, so if you're, you're, you want a pH. So if your, your body is acidic, like I said, if you eat too much of meat and too much, um, coffee and all those things that I mentioned, that makes your body's uh, body acidic. The things that, that alkaline your body are things that are natural that grow fruits and vegetables. I'm not going to go into every single one because there's a lot of them. But lemon is, is the number one most alkalining food that you can possibly consume. The smoothie that you're doing after is also alkalining your body. That's exactly what it's doing. But this is kind of like a double dose. Well, ex- the explain the – oh, sorry. After you explain the lemon water, explain the alkaline for the listeners too, man. Sure, sure. So um, the, uh, the lemon water, it will actually detoxify your gut. So what you'll notice is, so you take a lemon, cut it in half, squeeze it in your glass, and you drink 16 ounces room temperature water, and just you chug it. Okay, so the lemon gets cut in half, goes in the glass, room temperature water, and you want room temperature because if it's cold, it'll actually shock your system because your body's 98 degrees, and it won't absorb 100% like it would if it was room temperature. Um, and it will actually, you'll notice that uh, if you haven't gone to the bathroom, a lot of times it'll help you go to the bathroom because it'll help detoxify and kind of clean out all that junk and stuff that gets built up in your intestines. Most people don't know this. When you eat flour, it creates like a cement that just, you have 30 feet of digestive tract. So when you eat flour, it creates like a cement that just goes through your small intestine and large intestine. And it just gets caked in there and it just, it sits. And you wonder why you're bloated and you're gassy and you're this and you're that. It's because there's stuff in your system that just hasn't, just there. All I like to tell people is get some of that pancake bisquick mix and pour that shit and get it wet and let it stick to your dishes and then just just leave it out over one night just just take the pancake mix get it wet and leave it in a bowl overnight wake up the next morning and try to get that shit off your fucking dishes and scrape that hell it is a it's fucking gorilla glue man and look at it and then it's a swampy sticky mucky and look at it and that's what your pancake turns into when it goes down in your intestine I know it's it's disgusting, and not only your pancake, 
your muffin, your your bagel, bread, your uh, yeah, people, uh, bread. <laughs> this whole grain thing and the bread, it, it, they add sugar to it. They're, the wheat is genetically modified. Is there um, any bread that's okay? I mean, because I've seen this organic yes. bread stuff. I've, what 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 bread is technically okay? So the the brand that I trust, and this is, and I'm sure that there's other brands, but the one that I use um, is Ezekiel bread. The reason I use them is because they're flourless. They use a sprouted grain, so what they do is they actually sprout a little vegetable. It sprouts up, they dry it, they grind them all up, and then they make a bread with it, and it's fantastic. They make a cinnamon raisin. They have a sesame, um, but the, the flour is what wheat, white, it doesn't matter because it's still flour. It, it's creating like a paste in your system, and then on top of that, you know, you think, well, I'm going to get wheat because wheat's good for you. They fucked all the wheat up. It's all genetically modified. You can send Monsanto a thank you note for that because all the meat, all the wheat used to grow at four feet tall and thin. Now it grows two feet tall and fat, and it's Roundup ready. Oh, you mean so just like every American? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and the problem is, is that you know, and when I started all this, I thought that a lot of people were overweight because it was their fault, and no. then I realized that it's not. They don't know, brother. It is not, and their people are trying to lose weight that can't lose weight, and that's where I started yelling. I love and that's that, where dude. My blog started because it's like the people that actually want to. If you don't want, if you if you don't care what you eat, that's fine. I'm not I'm not for you. You keep doing whatever you want to do, and more power to you. I think all drugs should be legal. I think anybody, if you want to shoot heroin, I think you should be able to do it. I agree. I don't think there's any. They're doing it in Portugal, and look what their all their crime dropped. So you should be able to do whatever it is that you want to do. But for the people that want to make a conscious effort and you think that you're buying Chobani yogurt because it's healthy for you and then you look at the side and you realize that there's 17 grams of sugar, it's not healthy. Yeah, a gram you, of sugar is a packet. You know, It's like you're not going to put 17 <laughs> packets of sugar into your yogurt in the morning God. and be like, I'm going to go for a run. Like how much <laughs> sense does that make? But we don't think that way because it says it's healthy and there's a picture of a farm on the package. And it says natural. And it says natural. You know, it just – everything says natural. Natural means nothing, by the way. Yep. Natural can mean anything. Tar is natural. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and, you know, I love how you said that, man, because it does come across as if it's the, the people's fault. And, what I, you know, like you said, I like to tell them that, it, one, you're just undereducated, you're underdeveloped, and you've been overmarketed. I wrote a paper, I think, my senior year a long time ago um, um, where I said that marketing ended the world. That was the name of the paper. Marketing was the end of the world. And once we started marketing and tapping into people's psyche, we began to control the masses. And so the masses have now been plugged and psychologically beat down with commercials and lookalikes. And, but, but they have no idea. And there's so much information now, Adam, that it's just noise. You know, how do people, you know, how did you get through all the noise that was out there to find the real research? I stopped listening to everything. I stopped listening to everything. I, I, there's too many diets on TV. There's too many do this, do that, you know, this new health product, that new health product, all of this stuff. Um, I think what happened along the way is when I was doing my research for marijuana, um, to, cause if Mar I, I was just as brainwashed as everybody, I argued 
against legalization of marijuana in high school. I just want to go ahead and make that point that everybody knows that. When I was doing my research, are you a flip flopper, Adam Gates? Are you a flip flopper? I'm a flip flopper. I'm a flip flopper. You know yeah. why the fuck is that such a negative connotation? What's wrong with changing your fucking mind? I think it's well, intelligent. I, was, I went from being brainwashed to not being brainwashed. So right. if, if that's how you flip flop, then by all, <laughs> by, all, by all means, I have flip flops. So hey, I think a flip flopper in politics is okay. That means some, somebody's humble enough to change their fucking mind. To say that they, you know, they were uninformed or that they were wrong, and that they're willing to make you know, change their mind or, you know, and change their stance on something because I, I just want to be educated. I don't have any bias. I just want to make you, me and everybody else as happy and healthy as possible. That's my plan. So does that mean we can eat milk or does that mean we can't eat milk? I don't give a shit. What is it? So no. Okay, great. Moving on. So we're not going to do milk. Okay, cool. No to the cheese. All right. No to the cheese. Cool. So with the, with the cancer, uh, you know, I was doing all this research on marijuana and people, you know, healing themselves with, with, with marijuana and cannabis oil and all these different things. And I started seeing people that were healing themselves with food, with cancer, people that were terminally ill, had tumors, stage four cancer, sent home to die, whose friends showed up at their house and said, fuck it. This isn't how you're going out. We're, this is how we're going to do this. We've done the research This is and healed themselves on raw food diets. Some, some in as short as 30 days, which is outrageous absolutely outrageous wow. and i said to myself logically speaking if that will heal a cancer why would that not prevent a cancer or make somebody who's already healthy just even more healthy like that makes sense right and not worry about all this other stuff that's going on okay so what causes cancer sugar sugar is the main sugar raises the acidity in your body faster than anything so we were talking about the acidity and the alkalinity earlier Sugar raises your body's acidity. So is the fruit juice? Yeah, it says fruit on it, but there's no fiber. As soon as it goes into your system, it's the same as a soda. It spikes your blood sugar through the roof. It's like a high jump, and then it drops you. That happens over and over and over. That's how you develop insulin resistance. That happens long enough, you have diabetes. And that's it. That's literally how people develop diabetes. And you got to think, not. and you got to think, and now diabetes is happening younger and younger to this Shit, generation man. too. Six-year-olds. I mean like – Infants, like your parents are giving their children diabetes with the food that they're giving them. My girlfriend, I have a picture on my Instagram page of an infant being fed Diet Coke. Holy shit. Dude, I got, um, like I get death threats about every month on my podcast. Just random shit. That means you're doing a good job. Yeah, well, I hope so. And, um, and hey, the offer stands, motherfucker. You know where to find me. And <laughs> so uh, I, what I get it mainly for, and I'm going to get 10 more after I say this, and I said it again, and I'll say it again. If your child is obese or overweight, that is fucking child abuse. You are abusing your child. I agree. And that will be – and that's what I said actually in the post is that in the future, that's going to be the same thing as putting a cigarette in a kid's mouth. I I really feel in my heart and, – and I don't know, probably shouldn't – there's a few petitions that I've been wanting to start, but one of which is soda cans need to have a, a certain general – warning on them the same cigarettes too period good luck there sir there's like there's like hardly anything on this planet that's less healthy than soda oh how about this how about we just take the warning labels off of everything and we just do some population control and those of you that drink the fucking paint well you gotta go i'm sorry (laughs) Uh, you shouldn't fucking be here anyway um (laughs) is that too harsh i I know and i get into arguments over people that because people try to defend diet soda to me all the time and i tell you know diet coke is worse because of the aspartame and and everything else and people get blue in the face you know trying to defend their diet coke and it's like listen i'm gonna bow out of this conversation but i'll tell you what in 10 years you come to me we'll compare 
how everybody's feeling, what your doctor bills are, what my doctor bills are, and we'll see who's right. You know, it's the same as the e-cigs. E-cigs, it's it's not good for you people. I, I got to tell you, it's switching from one thing to another thing. It's not, you know, if you s switch to weed, <laughs> it's not. It's <laughs> Look, totally different. You know, you, you you talked about the cost, which I'm I'm going to bring up. I actually talked about in my book. I don't talk a lot about nutrition, etc. In my book, uh, because I believe it's such an individualized thing. Um, and it's something that you, you have to see confidence on your own cause you got to find what works for you, what your flow is. And, uh, but what I talk about is mainly if you talk to anyone, um, you know, that's amidst the noise of nutrition and cost and organic and clean eating is they basically tell you that they can't afford it or it's too expensive. And I would, first I'm going to tell you you're wrong. And if you think so, all you got to do, and you said it now, is add up all of the Tums, the Advil, all of the over-the-counter prescription medications you're buying to combat the bloated, the stomach, the heartburn, and then now and add up your doctor bills, your surgical bills, your insurance bills as you get older, and all the medications you're taking. It's not even remotely close. And on top of that, who's taking you to the hospital? People are <laughs> drinking soda like, it's my body, it's my body, it's my... Really? Because... Somebody's going to have to take care of you. It's going to be a family member or it's going to be a close friend, and you're doing that to somebody that you care about because hopefully you have somebody that you care about that will take care of you when you end up that sick. Hey, and if so somebody's willing to yell at you over a drink, um, I think that's um, generally you go to rehab. When, <laughs> when, you, when someone is trying to say not to drink that liquid and you scream at them and you fight with them, that's I mean, we're going to have soda rehab soon, bro. I know. I know. We really need it. Well, the problem, it's, it's just brainwashing. You know, it's brainwashing. It's, it's very manipulative, strategic, brilliant brainwashing. I mean, the food industry is a, I can't, what is it, a trillion dollar, billion dollar? I don't know how much, it's, it's outrageous. I mean, everybody eats. If you're, if you're alive, you eat. So that's pretty much everybody. You know, it's, so if you can control that, you kind of got control over everything. Well, it's guys so, like you that are going to help um, the common person, man, because, you know, a lot of people, like we said, we're sitting here talking shit about it, you know, and frankly, I'm starting to feel bad. I'm having a conscious attack now. And I'm, I'm, I am. I'm starting to feel bad because, you know, there's truly we said it before. There's those out there that just don't know. And, you know, they weren't raised a, a certain way. You know, they're raised on the mashed potatoes, the, the three square meals a day. Because their parents did it and their parents did it. That's right. And they just don't know. And so, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm so I did sound like a heart, heartless asshole. But, um, you know, most of my condensation or my uh uh, being condescending is toward the big corporate America that's fucking us up, not the people that are really trapped by it. Because those oh, that absolutely. are trapped by it, you know, it's guys like you, Adam, that um, will reach people, that somebody will see your post. And whether it's one or ten or ten million, um, you know, the one makes it worth it, you know. And that's that's where I started. You know, I, I, I started posting. I started on my page and on my personal page, and I just started posting information that I found uh, important, you know, when Faje and Chibani got sued, you know, everybody's healthy yogurt, healthy yogurt, and then they have a lawsuit because they changed the name of sugar to evaporated cane juice <laughs> or dehydrated cane juice, one of the two. But they changed the name of sugar, and then people were eating it thinking it because there's no added sugar. Well, bullshit. You just changed the name. You can't do that. So when stuff like that, I started sharing it and sharing it and sharing it, not knowing who was going to care. And you know, I, I'm not a I'm not a certified nutritionist. I didn't go to college for this. This is all just stuff that I learned on my own because initially I wanted to save my own life and help myself out and, and get healthy. And then people started asking me questions, and so I started answering those questions. And then I started putting the asked questions online and putting my answers online, 
and people started showing up and it just now it's two years later and you know here we are and I, I I do everything I do that I do online I do for free so all I'm trying to do is raise the awareness and the collective consciousness of this planet um, I'm not trying to sell a protein I'm not trying to sell a fat burner I'm not trying to sell um, anything I'm just trying to get the point across to people just my whole mantra is don't eat food with ingredients that's the best way to eat just that's broccoli's good. not an ingredient that's good man that's good that's, the first that, time I heard that that's the easiest that's I came up with that because I was trying to figure out a way to explain to people they're like well how do you eat I'm like I just I don't eat stuff that has ingredient lists on the back of it because once you start getting into processed food you start dealing with who knows what's in it and you can't trust what's in it so I knew that there were people that wanted answers. If people don't, you know, like I said, if people want to do, you know, do whatever you want to do. For, but for the people that do want help, you know, I, I'm, I'm here to help as many people as I possibly can. You know, it's just information. Knowledge is power. It, once you have the information, it's a lot easier to make the decision. Oh, man. Yeah, it is, man. That that competence search is uh, is is detrimental, man. That's why I write about it so much in my book, man. And mm -hmm. is is seeking the competence and the knowledge, man. Those experiences, I say, reveal passions. There's passions hidden beneath all of us that I think we all, many don't know that they have. And until you chase, there's an inventory that you do in my book that I have people work out called the IDE inventory. And you fill it out uh, without your life and as you do things. But IDE essentially uses my CCE principle, which is an interest can lead to competence, can lead to confidence and enthusiasm. And enthusiasm is the state of happiness that you can create. And so as I begin to chase small interests, I can get competent through that experience, and in that experience, all of a sudden, passions can be revealed in your life and just show up like painting, like uh, nutrition blogging, like taking care of others, just like you, my brother. I mean, dude, I look back on my notes here, man, and you def one, you come from a loving home, right? So according to the research, you're not supposed to battle addiction, but you nope. did, and that proves that it hits everybody. But you fight addiction, you fight depression, you fight body dysmorphic disorder, my brother. You chase all of this pure competence all because you questioned yourself from the very beginning you questioned everything you thought you knew and you've brought yourself to here brother which is an amazing naked and healthy fucking place that i see that you're being dude i mean and when you you chased it dude you chased every slight interest and with competence and created so many experiences man and i think that's where your enthusiasm comes from brother and i'm fucking thank you for sharing your cognitive rampage with me and everybody adam I certainly appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for having me. Um, you know, it's just, I, I appreciate the microphone. You know, if I have two more ears that heard anything that said, well, maybe this guy's on to something and they go and do their own research. I, I advise everybody to do their own research. You know, you don't have to take anything I say for, for, you know, for what it's worth. Just do your own research, you know, and watch, see where the studies are from. You know, there, there's, there's, a lot of studies that say milk's good for you, but they're done by the dairy industry. So you might want to make sure that something's not from a dairy industry. Go on YouTube videos and watch videos of people that have been sick that are now no longer sick and see what they did. That's one of my, my best suggestions, you know, for people to go on and just kind of see everything I'm encompassing into one. You know, there's, there's a very easy way to be healthy, and that is, you know, don't eat processed foods. Don't drink refined foods. You know, that, that's basically it. If it has a natural flavor in it, it's not normal. Stay away from it. Yeah, I was going to ask you, uh, you took those questions. It's my last three questions I always ask the, the guests at the end. And I was going to ask you, what would your, be your advice to someone out there battling with the nutrition? You covered that one. 
Um, you know, but you know, I, I'm going to try to hit home. Um, I'm going to try to swing for your, uh, soul here, brother, and hit you with, with two questions, uh, in one, but, um, what would you tell the young model out there, um, who may be struggling with some sort of body dysmorphic disorder or some idea of what he looks like compared to an industry? What would you tell that young man? And then wrap it up with answering the question, what is your drive every day and what drives you every day? Um, for the young man or woman that, that's yes. not happy with their body, you know, de- depending on their age, I didn't really stop growing physically until I was about 23 or 24 years old. And my face is still changing and I'm 34 years old. So you're going to continuously look different as you get older. That when you're younger, the 15 year old model I spoke about earlier, she had baby fat on her and she was worried about, you know, a thigh gap. I'm like, you're still 15 years old. Like you don't have to, your body's going to, going to change into the woman that you want to be eat real food, eat real food, drink a ton of water, eat a ton of, you know, I have all this stuff on, on my website, nakedhealthy.com. Also, I, I explain, you know, how I eat, eat real food. Don't worry about the supplements. Don't starve yourself. If you starve yourself, it slows your metabolism, which makes you hold body fat. It's a fight or flight mechanism. Don't, don't starve yourself. So take care of yourself, work out, exercise, you know, four days a week, exercise and do things that make you happy and eat fruits and vegetables. If, if you're happy, if your cells are happy, if they're being properly, if they're getting the proper nutrients, they're going to be happy, which is going to put you in line with doing things that are going to make you happier, which are going to make you more apt to exercise and more apt to read things that you care about. It's just about doing things that make you happy. And what drives the second, yeah. what the second part to the question to tie it all in? You said, well, it's, I'm, I'm going to two-part this one brother what's your drive every day and what drives you every day and and lastly end it with you know what's the adam gates philosophy of life man um i'm gonna actually i'll tell you what i told my mom recently um when i was probably about four or five years ago there was a person that i saw myself that i wanted to be i wanted to be helpful i wanted to be respected i wanted to make a difference in my community um i didn't want to be belligerent i didn't there I had an, an image in my head of how I wanted to be, and I decided that I was that person, and I started making decisions as if I was that person. I just started working backwards, and a person that respects themselves and, and does things for themselves isn't going to be belligerent and be drunk at a party and run around and, 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 and do silly things. You know, They're going to do things out of respect. If I respect myself the same way I respect you, I have to treat you with the same respect that I treat myself. And if you respect yourself, you're not going to be belligerent and do things like that. And what motivates me the most, honestly, is I want to raise the collective consciousness of this planet as much as possible. Um, what that is, is when you see birds and fish all swimming together in unison in a flock and they don't, their wings don't touch, there's a collective consciousness that's involved in there. It's a bigger brain. It's on the outside, so to speak, that allows them to know when to do what. Um, they metered this on 9-11. Actually, there's a huge spike of the collective consciousness on the planet on, on 9-11. The more positivity we have in the world, the less negativity we have in the world, the happier everybody is. It affects everybody. We are connected. So what motivates me is just every day by day, just doing my little bit to make every decision that I make as positive as possible. Man, hell of a rampage, brother. It sounds like uh, that's your drive. Um, it also sounds it's kind of like your philosophy too, man. That was the last part is that, uh, you know, what's your philosophy of uh, what's the Mr. Adam Gates naked, healthy life philosophy? Mind, body, spirit, you know, each one, it, it, you want mind, body, and spirit healthy and happy. If you have 
all three of those work and it'll flow. And that's, you know, that goes back to the younger kids, you know, the 14, 15, 16, all the way up. You know, if, if you're tormenting yourself over trying to look a particular way, you're tormenting your, your mind. So you're not going to have mind, body, and spirit in unison. You're, you're chasing a body, but your mind is going to be miserable. Your spirit's going to be broken because you're constantly not going to be happy. So it's very important to just do what makes you happy and, and, and eat real food. That's, that's really the, the, it sounds simple, but it, most people talk ourselves out of it. It can't be that easy. No, uh, it's not, man. And, you know, doing a podcast uh, is not always easy for people either, man. And you came right on. And thank you for the transparency, man, the the openness. Anything that uh, – because I will tell you one thing that is real is uh, podca- podcast remorse is you'll hang up the podcast and go, shit, I forgot to say something. And uh-huh. so what I try to do at the end is go, is there anything you wanted to talk about that we missed? Uh, yeah, don't take advantage of each other and, uh, don't hurt each other. That was one of the, 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 the best advice from Mark, my, my homeless friend in Boulder. That was, those were his two rules. Don't take advantage of people and don't hurt, you know, don't try to, don't hurt each other. And that's, it, it sounds simple, but we're very, it's very easy to take rather than give. And if we just give a little bit more than we take, it's, um, it's not that hard to change. We all just need to make a little bit of an effort. You know, just a little bit. We don't all need to change everything. Just little bits and pieces and steps here and there. Baby steps, baby steps, and it'll get you there. But no, I, I I could talk for seven hours about all this stuff. So we'll never cover everything. You know, I mean, there's so many different angles and avenues. And um, don't eat food with ingredients. I love that one, man. Where can everybody find Jet, man? One more shout out to anybody you love and where they where everybody can find Jet. Um, I spend most of my time on on my blog on Facebook. So Naked Healthy by Adam Gates. Um, and then I have nakedhealthy.com. Uh, I talk about food and I've got recipes for smoothies and green drinks and things on there and my top 10 of what I do every day. Um, and then on Instagram, I'm, I'm constantly posting in, uh, motivational and inspirational pictures and a little bit of my goofiness on there as well. Um, I like art and cats, so I got, got some of that on there, but same thing, Naked Healthy by Adam Gates. Hey man, I appreciate it. And you know, we got to do one more thing after we hang up the, if I can turn the camera, we have in the studio, a cave wall. And uh-huh. on the cave wall, every guest that's ever been in the cave <clears throat> has written a statement on the wall, their quote on the wall, and they sign it um, and leave. And so we have to – I got to write for you. So what I'm okay. starting first, as of today, you will be the very first virtual guest that I will write for you on the cave wall of what needs to be. And uh, I think – I thought it was uh, – you know what? At least the virtual guys got to get on the cave wall too, man. So. Done. You know, so whatever phrase we're going to add to that, man, we'll write it on there. Yep. Go love yourself. Bam. Go love yourself. Sign Adam Gates will be on the cave wall Uh, again, my brother. Thanks for uh, being on the podcast, man. You'll do this again with me. I'd love to catch up with you. I I would love to. Yeah, there's there's a yeah, I got a lot of stuff I want to cover. This is kind of an all encompassing. But, you know, there's if you want to cover anything specific or yeah, you know, I, I would love to. I really appreciate you giving me the time and the opportunity. If I cover anything, it's going to be covering you. So, I mean, if you want to bring anything to the table, you bring it to the table, brother. I'll talk about whatever it is you want to chat about, man. So, like, I, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I'd love to do a whole episode just on marijuana. Okay. I really would. Okay. Um, let's see. 
Um, I don't know. When's a good time? You want to do? Uh, I don't know. We'll plan when we get off of this. We'll definitely have you back on because I would love to like do I that. Said, the next book I'm working on is going to be the marijuana book, and also I didn't say this, but I'm going to do a documentary. My friend's uh, documentary, uh, the film's documentary. So I'm going to go to L.A. Do some research out there. Go to Colorado. Do our research out there. Do a little bit here in Texas, and then we're going to turn the book into a documentary. Put this in your mouth, cannabis. Yep. Huh. We may have to talk because we have one documentary in process we're making right now called Chemical Incarceration. And uh, that's talking about how addiction is currently treated with the Florida model, which is really just addicting more people. But uh, we talk, we tell the story of how all that got into place. Um, It's crazy. Marijuana, it's, it's, you know, we know the same stats. It helps. Well, we're, we're headed, well, we're headed from chemical incarceration is just part one of this documentary series. And there's a part two uh, to this documentary series there where you and I maybe should talk about what you're doing and what we're doing. Um, yeah, I, I think well, I we may be on the same road, man. I, oh, yeah. I like where can people find your books, man? Um, you know what? They're both. Actually, I just completed both of them. Um, they're my, my first two books. I moved to Texas, and uh, within the span of about two months, I, I decided to pop out a couple books. So. Um, I'm actually, uh, they're in process of being edited right now. And then as soon as they are up for, uh, uh, up and available, I'll, I'll definitely let you know so that you can get them up. Yeah. Let me know, man. We are, um, I'm four weeks out, five weeks out from my book finally dropping, uh, the cognitive rampage is coming out, man. So are you doing an ebook? Are you publishing? Uh, yeah, it's all over. It's ebook, uh, Kindle, Amazon, a few bookstores, um, doing a whole little thing. Oh, it's, you know how it is. You ain't there yet. You know, you write the book and you're like, woohoo. Wait, what? My girlfriend keeps asking me, she goes, you've been done with the book for two months. I don't understand. You keep saying you're almost done. I'm like, yeah, but the word's in the wrong place. You don't understand. I got to shuffle this word. Got to move this word. It's Yeah. When I was like, yeah, I'm like done with the book. It should be out soon. I was even on the podcast. Like it should be out in a couple weeks or something, you know? And I'm like, no, 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 no. The publisher's no. like, no. You know, we got to edit this yeah. thing five times at minimum. Then you got to review it. And these three people got to read it. Then you got to, re- I'm like, oh, okay. I'll just say the book's coming out in 2016 then. They were like, yeah, say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. I, I, it's, a, it's a long road. And you should be very proud. Yeah. And I encourage work, anybody man. out there. I think everybody's got a book in them, man. You know, I, I think too. You did, my mom told me that for years. And it's just when I, to, to go love yourself, the whole point of that is, if you love yourself and you take care of yourself and you do things, you love your dad, you love your mom, you love your brothers, you love your sisters, you would do anything for them. But we don't treat ourselves like that. And so we don't do things like that for ourselves. We treat ourselves like shit. And then we treat other people like shit because we don't care about ourselves. But the more I started actually drop ego, and I'm not talking ego. Ego is totally different from love. You love yourself. You do things for people that are actually genuine. And it's easier to make decisions. When a split decision comes up, you don't have to think about it. You just do what's in the best interest for everybody involved. So little backdrop to that go love yourself well i think our next podcast brother we're just going to call it go love yourself on cannabis and I love it. <laughs> we'll, we'll do that in the next 30 45 days at most right perfect perfect oh man dude adam i love the fuck out of you bro you're a badass appreciate it man thank you so much yeah I, uh absolutely mutual i, I really enjoyed this oh dude and uh we'll do it again soon man much love from the rampage dude and uh again thanks thank you so much man i appreciate it love you guys i hope you got as much as out of talking to adam as i did man i I love talking to that dude we actually uh stayed on and talked for about another half an hour or so after we ended the podcast 
Uh, we got a lot in common, me and uh, Mr. Gates there. But, dude, awesome podcast. I love chatting with him, and we covered so much. Uh, there's a lot of knowledge there for you. I hope you enjoyed that. But definitely look uh, at him up at Naked and Healthy. Look out for his books uh, coming soon and awesome. How could you forget the series uh, name at all when it tells you to put it in your mouth? And the first book is coming out soon. Put this in your mouth, Love, Sex, and Plants. And the second one is Put This in Your Mouth, Juice. But uh, be on the lookout for those books. Definitely check them out. His blog is great. Uh, it was good talking to him. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. And most of all, I hope you're taking care of you. <laughs>